Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Give and It Will Be Given to You. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week was our second of four Christmas episodes titled, Every Good and Perfect Gift is from Above, hosted on December 11th. In that episode, we examined what is spoken of in Scripture, the Father of Lights, or in some translations, the Father of Light. We found that this phrase was not about the sun, moon, and stars and the light they give us on earth. It is about a source of light in heaven that our present eyes cannot behold because of how strong its brightness is. So often, this phrase has been abandoned by many preachers and teachers here in America because they do not understand what is meant by it. Note this comment made by Barnes. There is no darkness in him, and all the moral light and purity which there is in the universe is to be traced to him. This is the light no human eye can see, even among God's own today, because none of us are truly moral and pure as God our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit truly are. Yes, we are forgiven, but we still reside in our less-than-perfect body. Scripture tells us, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. This is why that light in heaven can be so bright. Barnes also told us, light in the scriptures, is the emblem of purity, truth, knowledge, prosperity, and happiness, as darkness is of the opposite. Meaning, impurity, lies, the lack of knowledge, poverty, and sadness. While we all demonstrate these five attributes, it is not all the time as God does. Are you always pure, always truthful, always knowledgeable, always prosperous, and always happy? We can all answer that question, no. Another note we examined from Barnes, who only has immortality. The word here properly means exemption from death and, to find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, Every good and perfect gift is from above. This week, we examine the comment found in Luke, Give, and it will be given to you. This week's scripture verse is Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It is part of a total verse range found in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 49. In this passage, there is at least four parables and this comment from verse 46. 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? Even today, that is a good question deserving an answer. So, to say the least, this passage holds a good abundance of teaching. However, being Christmas, I will confine the opening of this teaching to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. However, the complete thought is in verses 37 and 38. So I will first read both verses before we study verse 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for the measure you use will be the measure you receive. As you can see, there are four things we are supposed to do. If I only read verse 38, it would not properly relate the thought being conveyed in the context of both verses. Notice the last sentence that conditions what sounds like a good thing. For the measure you use will be the measure you receive. Simply put, if you do nothing, simply riding on the coattails of your salvation in Christ, at the very least here, it is implied that you will get nothing for doing nothing. That begs the questions. Nothing in this life? Nothing in the next life? Or nothing in both lives? No matter how you answer these questions, the outcome is not good at all. We must notice also, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. If you make wine, do you not use a good measure of grapes? Do you not press them, shake them together to get all the wine from them so your receiving vessel runs over? That is the analogy I see at first read. Let us dig deeper to just what this passage is teaching us. Good measure. They shall give you good measure, or full measure. Press down, as figs or grapes might be, and thus many more might be put into the measure, shaken together, to make it more compact, and thus to give more, running over, so full that the measure would overflow. From Barnes New Testament Notes. Now, we read further. This is said to be the reward of giving to the poor and needy, and the meaning is that the man who is liberal will find others liberal to him in dealing with them, and when he is also in circumstances of want. A man who is himself kind to the poor, who has that character established, will find many who are ready to help him abundantly when he is in want. He that is excessively sparing or frugal, close, grudging, and petty in giving or spending, will find few or none who will aid him. From Barnes New Testament Notes. 
we can conclude that this is a teaching parable. Jesus takes an everyday event to describe, in parable form, of how rewarding works when giving to the poor and needy. So, if you are liberal in giving, you will find others liberal to you in their dealing with you and when you are also in circumstances of want. However, if you are excessively sparing or frugal, close, grudging, and petty in giving or spending, you will find few or none who will give you aid. You need to make the first step in giving. Verse 38 opens, Give, and it will be given to you. That incomplete statement right there says you need to take the first step in giving. This verse clearly states that if you do not give, you will not receive. Isn't giving work? Isn't giving to others a happy event that we can initiate? Yet, it is truly evident that we need to take the first step, meaning we need to first give. If we do not, we will not receive. We will see this build better as we proceed in the study. Some could argue that we should get a gift first. After all, someone has to be first. So why not me, whoever me is? Nonetheless, we who can give and do not give do not get from our Lord. That rule is clearly established here. Our Bibles, on this same principle, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 9-11, through 11, also says, It was not because we do not have that right, but to give ourselves as an example for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. To be clear, there is a difference between not being able to find work and simply being lazy. Being lazy is what this verse range is speaking about. However, the principle in our study text and here in Second Thessalonians is the same. What should one give, since our Bibles do not tell us what we should give? A few examples are our time, our effort, work of some kind, food and clothing provision, or anything else that needy people need. Even if all we can give is money, it helps those who need it. With Christmas being a time-honored tradition of giving, when is a greater time to start a habit of giving? One of our cross-reference verses is from our first study. It reads, And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, I tell you the truth, he will never lose his reward. As you can see, the gift you give does not have to be extravagant. It can be just a simple gift, 
and your giving will be rewarded. For more, listen to our first Christmas message, Giving a Cup of Cold Water. However, I will give you this new thought on this verse. These little ones, by these are clearly meant his disciples. They are called little ones to denote their want of wealth, rank, learning, and whatever the world calls great. They were little in the estimation of the world and in their own estimation. They were learners, not yet teachers, and they made no pretensions to what attracts the admiration of mankind. A cup of cold water only. Few would refuse a cup of cold water to any man if thirsty and weary, and yet few would give it to such an one because he was a Christian or to express attachment to the Lord Jesus. In bestowing it on a man because he was a Christian, he would show love to the Savior himself. In the other case, he would give it from mere sympathy or kindness, evincing no regard for the Christian, the Christian's master, or his cause. From Barnes New Testament Notes. So, as you can see, we are not talking about extravagant gift giving. We also are not talking about giving to get something either. Something as easy and simple as a cup of cold water to a thirsty brother or sister is clearly rewarded. Today, we might offer a hot drink of coffee or hot chocolate where it is cold, maybe a cold glass of water or lemonade in a warmer climate. Nonetheless, giving first is what this week's teaching is about. We can see already, though, without a doubt, giving first is not difficult for any of us to do. The only expectation is formed in a simple act of giving costing anyone, regardless of the year in question, nothing. It is formed around a simple act that involves giving water, something any of us can do, even at the present cost from the tap in our homes. How much does that eight-ounce glass of water cost? Our next verse is in Matthew, but I will read the verse before it for greater clarity. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for by the standard you judge, you will be judged, and the measure you use will be the measure you receive. From Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. Verse 2 is our study verse. Notice the first four words. For by the standard. Verse 2 continues to a comma with, You judge, you will be judged. Verse 2 closes with, And the measure you use will be the measure you receive. Simply defined, measure. You shall be judged by the same rule which you apply to others. 
from Barnes' New Testament notes. Therein is the standard the Bible is talking about. Let's put that verse together for better understanding. For by the standard you judge, you will be judged. Hama. We now see that this issue involves more than simply giving. Also, when it comes to giving, we need to take the first step. When it comes to judging, we also are judged by the same rule we apply to others. For some of us, that is not good. Can you see the same thing at work here as in giving? You need to initiate a first action. First, you need to give for it to be given you. Now, you need to not judge if you do not want to be judged. Now, notice the final comment, which is the rule of how this works. The measure you use will be the measure you receive. Meaning, if I am a very judgmental person, I will also be judged accordingly. For those very judgmental, that is not anything to look forward to. Notice our opening first verses. How did that read? What did it say? Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then, the statement that conditions what sounds like a good thing. For the measure you use will be the measure you receive. The exact same words we find in James chapter 7, verse 2. So, if you thought there was a disconnect here, there is not. We are only finding out that there is more to this study than simply giving something to get something. As I said, that alone would be greedy. Giving only with the express purpose of getting. Our Father's eyes are certainly capable of seeing that in us. Simply put, Barnes said quite simply when he said, You shall be judged by the same rule which you apply to others. That same rule, obviously, is at work in our giving too. If anyone has ears to hear, he had better listen. And he said to them, Take care about what you hear. The measure you use will be the measure you receive, and more will be added to you. From Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Does that sound familiar? However, this has been expanded to our hearing and how we should deal with what we hear. Today, especially, we hear truths, falsehoods, and outright lies. Clearly, after hearing these things, what we do with them is clearly up to us, resulting in the measure you use will be the measure you receive. Consider well what you hear. 
make a good improvement of it. With what measure you distribute, etc., you shall be treated according to the use you make of your opportunities of learning. If you consider it well and make a good improvement of what you hear, you shall be well rewarded. If not, your reward shall be small. This is a proverbial expression. Reference Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 2. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Notice, we already examined those two verses. Do you see how these verses interconnect? I hope you do because we are building the case for the fact that giving is not the only thing we need to do in greater understanding of what is being said to us in our Bibles. It fully supports the fact we should study our Bibles because of how our understanding is improved. It is how we can see our reward for learning. Notice what Barnes told us. You shall be treated according to the use you make of your opportunities of learning. If you consider it well and make a good improvement of what you hear, you shall be well rewarded. This aspect of learning is how we correctly build on what we learn, then share it with others for their improvement that we receive a reward. For judgment is merciless for the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. James chapter 2 verse 13. This is the last verse in the teaching titled Prejudice and the Law of Love. Do we not today refuse to give on the foundation of prejudice? Prejudice is an underlying thing in humanity that causes us not to do things for people, for any prejudice reason. The idea is that of glorying over as where one is superior to another or has gained a victory over another. The reference all along here is to the judgment, the trial of the great day, and the apostle is stating the principles on which the trial at that day will be conducted, on which one class shall be condemned and the other acquitted and saved. In reference to one class, the wicked, he says that where there has been no mercy shown to others, referring to this as one evidence of piety, that is, where there is no true piety, there will be judgment without mercy. In the other case, there will be, as it were, a triumph of mercy, or mercy will appear to have gained a victory over judgment. Strict justice would indeed plead for their condemnation, but the attribute of mercy will triumph, and they will be acquitted. The attributes of mercy and justice would seem to come in conflict, but mercy would prevail. This is a true statement 
of the plan of salvation and of what actually occurs in the redemption of the sinner. Justice demands, as what is due, that the sinner should be condemned. Mercy pleads that he may be saved, and mercy prevails. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice how it seems to human eyes that God's mercy and judgment seem to us to be in conflict. They are, unless you can account for forgiveness and salvation in Christ. Our future sins are forgiven by the simple asking for that forgiveness when those future sins become current ones. Jesus immediately, according to Scripture, dispenses all the forgiveness to wipe out that sin or sins in question. That really is the bottom line on Barnes' commentary passage. In closing, how do we make sense of all this? Let us see if we can bottom line this for some understanding we may still be lacking. 1. Give and it will be given to you. 2. Do not judge and you will not be judged. 3. The standard you judge, you will be judged. 4. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. 5. Forgive and you will be forgiven. 6. Take care about what you hear. The measure you use will be the measure you receive, and more will be added to you. 7. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If we judge others, condemn others, and do not forgive others, we receive the same. Remember, the measure you use will be the measure you receive. If your measure is small, you will receive small. If your measure is large, you will receive large. Notice also, if, after all that, if we still have a sincere heart of giving to others less fortunate than us, what we receive is an abundant reward. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into our lap. Next week, we conclude our Christmas series. It will be the fourth and final message for the Christmas season that can be easily tied to our thinking and actions. Are we letting social issues with three sicknesses in the wild at once clouding our view of things? Are world situations and issues causing you fear? No matter what is affecting you, join us next week for our episode titled, Cry Out and Shout for Joy. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, 
lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.